when humans were hunter-gatherers, folk would eat whatever they could find. And if they couldn't find anything, they didn't eat anything. As agriculture replaced the nomadic lifestyle, people had more control over their diets. And as society has progressed with trade and incredible capabilities for transportation, we can eat from all over the globe in one day, and we normally do. Where my ancestors would have had to eat whatever they could find in the fjords of Norway, I can have breakfast consisting of dairy from Wisconsin, fruit from South America, coffee from Papua New Guinea, and pastries from the HEB. With such freedom in our ability to eat many different and varied things, we have gotten pretty picky. Even aside from pickiness, people have strange diets. Some of these diets are for their health or to mitigate food allergies or sensitivities, and they, um, it's something they really need to do. There's people who can't eat certain foods. There's people who only eat raw, non-processed foods, people who eat only food that was grown within 50 miles of where they live, people who eat food with no animal products in it, people who eat only animal products. I knew of a woman who swore by eating an entire watermelon every single day. She said it had nutritional and medicinal properties. She, she ate a, an entire watermelon every single day. And I know a lot of three-year-olds who eat nothing but macaroni and cheese and dino nuggets. Whatever the reason, they're not many of us who simply have to eat what is set before us. Last night, one of my children opted out of our meal because she didn't like it, and she went to the neighbors to have dinner. All of this talk about bread from heaven and manna in the wilderness, which we have been seeing in the lectionary for weeks, falls a little flat for those of us who could leave this place and be eating food from anywhere in the world within an hour who can turn up our noses at perfectly good sustenance because we know we can have whatever we want and there's plenty of it. But on this fourth or hundredth, I don't know, week of reading scriptures pertaining to bread and nourishment from God, there is something here for us spiritually. There's a reason for this many weeks of this same theme. We have, like our choices with literal food, a lot of choices on how we are going to satiate ourselves spiritually. We can choose to numb ourselves. We can choose to gorge on judgment and self-righteousness. We can choose to take just enough to get by. Or we can choose to ignore our need for spirituality altogether, filling that space with other things to distract ourselves from that deep, primal hunger for God's self. I love to eat. Texas is a great place to eat, too. After I had my first child, I had a silly notion that I was going to look exactly like I did before I had babies, after I had babies. Spoiler alert, it doesn't happen, and it's so worth it. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to. But at the time, I decided to do some calorie counting. And I had an app on my phone, and it said it, I could eat whatever I wanted as long as I stayed within a certain calorie count. Well, after two cookies and a beer, I was at my <laughs> caloric intake for the day, 
and I was starving for the rest of the day. Diet culture is a sham, but it's true that there are things that are more sustaining and make our bodies feel and operate better than others, and the same is true for our spiritual sustenance. Studies show that being a part of a faith community lowers one's risk of premature death, depression, and more. According to a study at Vanderbilt, uh, people who attend worship services may reduce their mortality risk by 55%, especially those between the ages of 40 and 65. A recent Harvard study says that deaths from despair among healthcare workers, which right now our healthcare workers are so stressed, they're under so much pressure, they are significantly less common among healthcare workers who regularly attend religious services. And a death from despair is defined as one related to alcohol, drugs, or suicide. So many die to despair. So many more lose hours, minutes, days, and years to despair. How many people in San Antonio feel hopeless right now? Not just our healthcare workers, but, but those especially. May God inspire our hearts to reach out in love to those precious ones and offer bread from heaven. But religious attendance is something that's very good for us. It boosts our immune system, it decreases our blood pressure, and it may add up to two or three years to our lives. And this is not because God favors people who attend a faith community. God loves everyone the same. We know that. We're good Lutherans, right? This is because there are certain spiritual practices that improve our lives, like nourishing food that makes our bodies healthy. There is a reason we have been doing these bread scriptures for weeks, and this is not the last bread scripture. We have another one next week. We may have to resort to talking about zombies. We have these scriptures about bread because it's vitally important how we feed our faith. It's vitally important that we be prepared and nourished for what we are called to do in the world. Children sometimes have to be exposed to a new food 10 times before they actually eat it. Nutritionists say, even if your child won't eat it, just put it on their plate. They don't have to touch it, just keep putting it on their plate. And one day you'll look up and they're eating the peas. But don't mention it. We may hear all about the benefits of participating in faith, community, prayer, meditation, service, forgiveness, humility, social justice, generosity. And these things still might not be immediately appetizing to us. Just like two cookies and a beer seems like a way better idea than a salad and a glass of water. But just because we might crave the empty stuff, we can still keep coming back to the nourishing things because our spirits function so much better when they're fed appropriately. And when we have feasted on this good, good bread from heaven from God, we need to be burning those calories. We need to be nourished by a passion for justice But unless we work toward that justice, we just become lethargic and bloated with good intentions. So what do you need to be nourished by today, church? We're all so diverse. We have different lives. We have different needs. We have different circumstances, different gifts, different failings. I invite you today to take a moment as we pray and sing 
and partake in the bread of life at the table, to think about what you need to be nourished by, by God's Spirit. To know that that gift to you will become a gift to others. The bread of heaven is for you and for all. For life eternal does not start when we die, but it starts right now. We are living it if we can be awake to it. Life that is life reminds us that we are connected to everything and everything is connected to us from the saints that went before us that we have never met to the great, great grandchildren that we can only imagine to the ecosystems and communities around the world, everything. Eternal life is the connection of everything through God our creator, redeemer, and sustainer. It's not just a place called heaven. It's a reality called now in the spirit of God. We can eat anything we want in this world, literally and figuratively. There are no impediments other than what we will choose to nourish ourselves with. So eat up, church. The world is waiting, and eternal life invites you to participate in this beautiful, holy now. Amen.